Did the ex the excitons ever fly with all of those uh, fancy uh, key uh, moving uh, uh, velocities? Thank you, Janet Lee, and hello out there, everybody. So here we are again, and we're going to continue with this uh, revelation and study about the Exodus escape and. All of the different escapes that there has been going way, way, way back in time, uh, we will eventually get to them, and it will be exciting. You know, it's sort of interesting. Um, I, there's so many scriptures that I wanted to cover today, so I thought, you know, I'll make it faster. I'll, I'll make these little uh, sort of markers, and, and I'll put them into the Bible, and then all I have to do is... Uh, find the marker and and open up right to the page. Well, <laughs> I have so many scriptures. By the time I made even half of the, of the markers, the, uh, there was just so many uh, of them there that uh, it would have taken longer for me to, to thumb through the markers to find the right uh, location in the Bible than if I just turned to it based on the scripture. So that's what I'm going to do, and uh, yeah, truthfully, I'm not just sure exactly what I am going to do because I have more that I want to preach to you this morning and teach to you this morning than I, I didn't know if I could possibly get oh to the portion at least that I would like to because you know I it is it is it is important to go over uh, some things and repeat them that we studied the week before because, you know, some people missed the, the teachings and some people just don't remember. And we have to get these things impressed because the whole idea of these revelations is, is to take you more into the knowledge of God. 
So, here we are. We're, we're talking about uh, the occupation God plan uh, for Egypt and Israel, the, the Passover computate. And the word uh, C-O-M-M-U-T-A-T-E, computate, uh, is actually an electrical term about the change of direction of electrical currents. But I MIV'd it, uh, manifest version, uh, to have it to do with spiritual currents. Because for everything that there is out there that's physical, there is the counter of it. And just like with atoms and molecules, there's the positive, the negative. Uh, there's the, the anti-proton and, 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 the, and the proton, and, and uh, on and on and on. So we're talking about this occupation, and that's an interesting word uh, in the, um, I think it's the book of Luke, but we'll be coming around to wherever that scripture is written down at, and we'll quote it if we can have the time to get to it. Uh, but I think it's in the book of Luke, and, and Jesus speaks and says, occupy till I come. Of course, uh, a lot of individuals would think that that is only limited to the meaning of uh, keep busy, uh, have a job, uh, have a position until the coming of the Lord. Uh, but when you understand that the coming of the Lord uh, is not anything that you can put a timetable on, um, because the Bible uh, absolutely forbids that. You know, no man can know the day or the hour. Only, only God. And even the angels uh, aren't privileged to that. So it's very, very important to have that clear into your mind on this thing when you start talking about Occupy. And we're going to get into some interesting thoughts on the meaning of Occupy because occupation, uh, you know, comes from that root. Uh, occupy, and um, and this thing about uh, the the commutate, the change of direction for the spiritual energy currents of God's people. There were uh, more than one time that God spoke to Moses and Israel, and He said, "You know, you have spent time. You you have circled this mountain long enough." Uh, you have encamped around and about this mountain long enough. It's time to move on. And I think that that goes along with Paul's revelation. When Paul says, uh, you know, uh, uh, forgetting those things which are behind, let us move on to the mark of the high calling. And then he goes on to say uh, other things about, uh, you know, um, uh, leaving the... Uh, principles of the foundations of the doctrines of Jesus Christ, the laying on of hand, the baptisms, the resurrection, and uh, on and on and on, some very, very important elements of doctrine that just seem to be uh, so absolutely to the forefront of one's knowledge that there would never be such a reference as to leaving them aside, uh, uh, but it, it, it's Bible. And, and so it's a time when you've been encamped about a mountain long enough. It may have had glorious experiences, but it's just like the, 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 the cross, uh, you know. Uh, you don't want to just stay camped around uh, the cross of Calvary. 
because uh, we've got to go on to the fact that Jesus came down off the cross and then you don't want to just be camped around about the tomb because we have to come to the fact that Jesus was resurrected out of the tomb. And you don't want to just go on with the fact that Jesus uh, abode on earth here and, and time went on and on and on because then Jesus said, uh, if I don't go away, then the, the Holy Spirit, uh, the, the Holy Ghost cannot come and it's very important that I go away and I must go to the Father's house. And so we, we keep moving up into these different echelons and, and different folds of, of manifold revelation uh, into the 30-fold, the 60-fold, the 100-fold. And we keep uh, uh, making those moves because it is very important. This thing about occupation then and the, uh, the Passover computet, uh, you know, C-O-M-M-U-T-A-T-E, pronounced K-O-M, Y-U-T-A-T, computat. Uh, this change of direction for the spiritual energy currents of God's people is something that has to go on and is something that also has information uh, about the destiny of God's people. And, uh, and it's part of the, the escape and uh, the velocity of the escape, and the meaningfulness of the escape, and the methodology of the escape, and the spirituality of the escape. And um, <clears throat> I suppose there's a lot of people out there that if they could just escape their own problems uh, that they have created by their own actions and, and uh, nature, uh, it would be the greatest escape that they could ever imagine. And pray God that you will have that experience. So there's these different, different experiences. And, uh, and um, you know, uh, Moses, he was involved in um, uh, things that, uh, you know, uh, uh, he had to have an occupation of. <clears throat> because as a, a little child, you know the story, uh, and the reed floating basket, and how that he was found by the Pharaoh's daughter, and then raised by the Pharaoh's daughter, and uh, the Bible tells us in Acts 7 and 22 that Moses was trained in all, A-L-L, the wisdom of the Pharaohs. Now, all the wisdom of the Pharaohs, that would have been absolutely monumental. Uh, because there, there was there was ancient uh, wisdoms, there was uh, wisdoms about the pyramids, there was wisdoms about the mummies, there was wisdoms about the the cosmos, there was w military wisdoms, uh, there was historical wisdoms, uh, there was uh, religious wisdom. Uh, it was just vast. It was encyclopedia sets. And, uh, but it says he was trained in A-L-L, all the wisdom of the pharaohs, not one pharaoh, plural, pharaohs. So, so as these different pharaohs uh, gained various kinds of experiences and knowledge, uh, there was a combination of that information that was put together in a manifold way. And, um, and so it ties into the word occupation. Uh, the occupation incorporates uh, the meaning of this idea, as we will see a little later when I uh, quote some scriptures here, uh, which will not be very much later. 
And uh, then in my introduction that I write, I, I, I say that we're going to, um, you know, uh, try to cover uh, much actual history that is generally missing from the world because most historians have failed to find the truth of the real stories uh, in the sense of uh, the full actuality. So that's a very sad thing. Uh, we talked about uh, the assignment of Israel in, in, in Goshen, uh, Ramesses, uh, Lower Egypt to build the treasure cities. And uh, it's, it's so interesting that, um, that when the time came for the, the people of Israel to leave, that there were engineers and, and um, technicians uh, that knew every aspect about the treasure cities and knew all the special locks and, and the special hidden parts uh, uh, as to where uh, the pharaoh would, would take and put everything from uh, weapons uh, to uh, gold reserves uh, and all kinds of other uh, precious metal reserves and, and uh, uh, who, who would even want to take the time to try to make up a list. It would, it would take us the whole teaching and maybe uh, several teachings. But it, it's very interesting that these people built, the people of Israel built the treasure cities for the Pharaoh. And so they, they knew all about it. And so when the time came to leave, uh, the Bible says the Israelites spoiled uh, the, the Egyptians. And it wasn't just the, the, the jewelry that they borrowed and, and things like that, but it was the overall picture because uh, there's a consequences of that particular terminology referring to treasures. And uh, so uh, I think we can clearly see that it would also include the treasure cities and uh, when uh, Moses left uh, with with uh, his uh, plan of the Passover uh, he left with a lot of um, of stock uh, that was was part of the occupation plan <laughs> and his occupation plan was to have an occupation uh, of of location uh, and position that was no longer uh, located uh, as a captive of the people uh, in the land of Egypt. And so that is such an exciting and beautiful thing. And then, you know, there's the story of the, the eventual habitat of the sea people and the, and the Heiko, uh, Heiko's people in Lower Egypt. And, and so we make the point here in the introduction that that was not an accident. It wasn't coincidental. Those occupations by those people were all part of the plan of God. Praise God. <coughs> Excuse me. So, here we go. We've got things to talk about about the Sea People and the High Coast People. We've got things to talk about uh, the wars, the lower warlords, uh, W-A-R, Lords of Darkness, and Goshen and Lower Egypt, treasure cities, occupations, spiritual energy directives, and a whole lot more. Okay, occupied. Okay, that's scripture, Luke 19, 13, occupied till I come. But there's some other scriptures that's pretty interesting about this thing on occupation. So let's look at Exodus 38. And uh, 
This is almost a surprising use of the term, uh, but here we go. Uh, Exodus 38, verse 24. All the gold, G-O-L-D, all the gold that was occupied for the work in all the work of the holy place. Now, is that a strange kind of reference, a strange kind of language? I think so, and I think it's quite unique and beautiful. That's why I guess I love the King James many things and, uh, as to how it says things are very poetic and very different. And all the gold that was occupied. Sometimes there's people that have gold <clears throat> and they bury it and store it. Uh, there's this parable in the New Testament how that there were these different talents that were given out to different people, and they were to take those talents and put them to, to work so that they would make more talents. But one man decided, well, I just want to make sure I don't lose the, the one talent I've been given, so he buried it. And of course, when the time came to, came to give an accounting, uh, he, he, was, he was really put down for it and, and put out of the game because uh, he didn't do anything but bury it. He did not put his talents to work. So there's a plan of occupation. Occupy till I come just doesn't mean like, oh yeah, I keep it in mind that uh, I have to be busy until Jesus is coming. Uh, Jesus may not come in your whole lifetime. Most likely will not, according to all the things that the Bible says has to happen before Jesus can come. And... and um, uh, of course, a lot of people don't realize that because they don't really know the Bible. And, and, and you know, sadly, there's a lot of uh, so-called scholars and a lot of uh, ministers and, and people that think they know the Bible. And maybe they know some scriptures that refers to the denomination that they believe in, but they don't really know the whole word of God. And so, so the, all the gold, all the gold, that was occupied for the work. When you take something in and then you have an, a plan for it, that's, that plan is almost like a virtual reality of what it is going to be doing. So, so we have to have a plan for, for, for our finances. And, uh, and I'm not saying that to start talking about money uh, that anyone needs to, 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 to send my direction or anything like that. That, that isn't my subject. But... but <clears throat> It's about that whatever your financial uh, uh, income is, you do need to have designations. Uh, if, you, there are, if you need to make uh, your rent payment or your house payment, don't put that money on, onto entertainment. Uh, put that money uh, in the directive that it should go as, as working for having a place for, uh, for you having a roof over your head and for your family. So, so you got to make your your gold, your money work properly. Now, sometimes there's there are sacred designations. In this case, all the gold that was occupied for the work in all the work of the holy place. That's beautiful. Even the gold of the offering was twenty and nine talents, seven hundred and thirty shekels after the shekel of the sanctuary. Now, sometimes there are. 
there are different kinds of, of monies of many different nations, and, and then there are many different kinds of designations uh, of what money uh, is to be used for or not used for. Uh, but here is, is a case in which the very value of the gold uh, was was and the very value of the income was based after uh, these this number of shekels, which was after the shekel of the sanctuary, so that there was a dedication of the meaning of the word shekel uh, and an application of a kind of of reference as to how that particular um, shekel was determined uh, to have value. So that's what one very unusual. Now let's uh, let's look at another scripture. If you go to Genesis, uh, Genesis. Um, uh, let's start with uh, Genesis 46. This is um, you know wow, very interesting uh, scripture, and we'll be looking at Genesis 46, and we'll be looking at. <clears throat> verses 32 to begin. So here we go. Now we're talking about um, people like Jacob and Joseph, and and specifically we're we're referring to Joseph here and some things that he is saying. Uh, okay, here we go. Genesis 46:32. And the men and the men are shepherds, for their trade hath been to feed cattle, and they have brought their flocks and their herbs and all they have. And it shall come to pass, when Pharaoh, Pharaoh, P-H-A-R-O-P-H-A-R-A-O-H, shall call you and shall say, what is your occupation? Sometimes people want to know what your occupation is. And uh, if you are temporarily out of work, uh, well, don't don't say uh, to people, "Oh, I, I'm I don't have an, anything going right now. I'm unoccupied. I'm out of I'm out of work." Uh, it, there's no sense advertising the fact that you're out of work unless it's to someone you're looking to uh, to hire you. And so sometimes it's better to say, um, you know, that I'm self-employed. Because if nothing else, your occupation at the time is being employed of your time to find a job and to become occupied uh, with a, an income-paying uh, uh, type of work. So, uh, you know, Joseph says, uh, uh, "But now, don't don't tell the Pharaoh that you actually that you, that you raise sheep." And and well, why not? Well, in the thirty-fourth uh, verse. Um, you know, he says, uh, you shall say, if the Pharaoh asks you your occupation, uh, that was 33, and then 34, uh, thy servant's tr uh, trade hath been about cattle from our youth even until now, both we and our fathers, that we may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every uh, shepherd is an abomination unto Egyptians. So, Paul says, if, if meat offend my brother, I'll eat no meat. Now, that didn't mean that he would never eat meat. That meant that when he was with those particular brethren that found an offense to meat and they were sitting down to eat, he would just go ahead and have vegetables with them. But that didn't mean that when he was off with himself or off with other meat-eating people that he wouldn't eat meat. 
But sometimes you have to know uh, when to be able to, uh, uh, to use a causeway. Now, this was a causeway. And Joseph, the great man of God, uh, you know, he was telling his brothers to use a causeway. And, and, um, and, and those families, don't tell them that, that, you know, what you are is really shepherds. Because he said, Egyptians, uh, they despise shepherds. And they consider, you know, every, every shepherd to be an abomination unto the Egyptians. So he says, you can't tell them that. Instead, you know, uh, instead of telling them that you raise sheep and that you're shepherds, you have to tell them that you raise cattle. And they'll, that, they'll go along with that. They'll accept that. So that was a causeway. Somebody says, yeah, but that was a lie, wasn't it? It wasn't true. <laughs> Nothing is a lie unless you make it to be a lie. Uh, because we are living in a warped society. And, uh, and if God says to you, you know, uh, walk on the flat surface of the earth, you walk on the flat surface of the earth uh, based on uh, it being uh, flat to the extent that it is. But the Bible says that the very foundations of the earth are out of course. So we know that that when you walk on the surface of the earth, you're not work, uh, walking on the original uh, earth as the foundations once were. It's out of course, so there's a warp. And so everything is warped, and so you are, you are walking on something according to that warp. And so sometimes you have to use causeways that take in the consideration of the warp. And, you, and, uh, and, and Paul explained it, calling those things that are not as though they are. And, and so that is a beautiful thing. Okay, let's move on. And um, let's, uh, uh, well, this is, this is sort of cute. Let's look at, uh, at Judges. Um, <laughs> this is about Samson. <clears throat> and uh, we, can, uh, we can look at Judges 16, okay? And let's see what's going to come up here with Samson. So Judges 16, 10 through 11. And here's what it, what, what, uh, it says. Um, now there were men lying in wait, this is verse 9, um, abiding with her, meaning Delilah, and uh, they had hidden. And, uh, and then if she would say the Philistines be upon them, then uh, they, would, uh, they would try to attack, uh, uh, you know, uh, Samson and, and make him a prisoner or kill him or whatever. And the tenth verse says, And Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me, and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he says unto her, If they bind me fast with new ropes that were never occupied. Sometimes there is a special case for something uh, to, to be used that has never been used on anything else before. Something uh, that has a, a designation for a divine use. And there are, are many cases, you know, uh, of that. Uh, Jesus said, bring me a young uh, donkey, a young ass that has never been ridden. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to get on a, a donkey that's been used by some other uh, Pharisee or scribe uh, or leader and used for, for all kinds of celebrate, uh, 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 you know, passions and purposes. I want 
to be the, the first one with this dedicated purpose uh, to have written on, on that particular uh, critter. And, and so we see that this occupation takes in so many different things. It's, uh, it's you know, just, uh, uh, you know, very, very, very important. Um, let's, um, let's look at Joshua. Uh, and uh, let's look at Joshua 13, okay? Um, Joshua 13, um, verse 5. And the land of the Gibeonites and all Le Lebanon toward the sun rising from Bilal Gad under Mount Hermon unto the entering into Hamath. Now, um, we're working ourselves away a little bit from, um, from the occupation for just right now in a certain sense um, to um, keep all this new revelation going. But we'll see where it ties together in a little while. Now, Gibal, G-E-B-A-L, Gibal, or Gibal, how you ever you like to say it. I have my own ideas how I like to say things. My own dialect, so to speak. And uh, in my linguistic uh, attitudes, I uh, just go ahead and take advantage of how I like to s see something pronounced, and I do it. And uh, I suppose there's some people out there that wouldn't like it, wouldn't agree, and, and, and that is so precious for them to be able to have their own opinion. And I respect that, and as long as they are willing to respect my opinion, to have my own idea. Blessed be the name. Now, Giebel, 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 Giebel. Um, what kind of a place is that? Uh, well, it's a very ancient place. And uh, it is a, um, a city that uh, exists along the Mediterranean coast of Lebanon. And the only reason I'm talking about this, Gibal, is, is because uh, it is such an ancient city that ties into such an ancient past. Um, it's a, a city that existed in that time, uh, or then in eventually in, in time uh, uh, to a possession by the Phoenicians. And um, the, the other name for it, as you go through the different languages, is, um, is Biblus or Biblus. And so Biblus, B-Y-B-L-O-S, B-Y-B-L-O-S, Biblus, uh, is the same city as as Gibal, G E B A L, uh, and this is one of the reasons people have a hard time supporting the Bible uh, because they don't know the Bible and they don't realize that sometimes there might be uh, two or three or four or even five different names given for persons, uh, for pharaohs, for kings, and and. Uh, for, for uh, other kinds of uh, uh, patriarchs and for names of uh, cities, places, and locations. And, uh, and, and so if a person doesn't realize that, uh, you say, no, it's not in the Bible when you don't, you, it's, that you're just ignorant that it's in the Bible under a different name. Even some of the planets, uh, you know, 
uh, uh, Saturn and and Mars and other planets, other planets like that are in the Bible un, under names that uh, are different than than uh, the name Saturn and Mars. And unless you know that, then you don't know that the Bible tells about those planets. Now, we did a teaching. We've done several teachings on it. How that um, God planted a garden eastward uh, in Eden, Genesis two eight, a garden eastward in Eden. So now the garden was planted eastward toward the east. So we have the east garden, and um, and because of how that's worded, uh, it does. Um, not preclude in any way, but in fact, it it uh, it gives an indication uh, that there is then a west garden, and we show in fact that uh, there is a west garden, and um, the Bible tells us that um, you know uh, there was this division in the between the gardens of the tree of life and the tree of good and evil knowledge. And I would surmise that the, the tree of life, uh, you know, uh, was on one side toward uh, the, the, the garden east of Eden, and the other tree of, um, of, of uh, good and evil knowledge was toward the, the west of Eden. And the Bible says in Ezekiel twenty eight thirteen, speaking of Lucifer, uh, thou hast been in the garden of God. Now the whole thing was made by God. God made the land of Eden. He made the whole thing. And he made the gardens, but, but there ended up being uh, a force that came into the west part of the garden uh, of, of a people, very ancient people. And um, then Ezekiel gives a story, and he puts it into a similitude in Ezekiel uh, 31.2. And the similitude is about uh, Pharaoh uh, as he compares to Lucifer. But in the context, as that develops on with the, uh, the similitude, in Ezekiel 31, 16 through 17, uh, Lucifer is, uh, descend, descends or falls into hell, H-E-L-L, along or with the best trees of Eden or the best trees of Lebanon, Eden. And, uh, and so the thing of it is, we have the scripture here that actually shows us where hell is, in a sense, but also, most important for the subject, we have a, a revelation here that shows us that, that there is Eden, and that this Eden is located in Lebanon. And so, when you begin to understand then, as we tell this story from our past teaching, that uh, there are... Um, um, there are the anti-Lebanon mountains, and uh, on one side of them uh, is this sort of like, we'll call it the valley, uh, where 
uh, Eden was located. Also, there's the uh, uh, old ancient uh, uh, place called uh, the village or town of, uh, of Adam. And uh, also, um, we see that there is the, the mountain of Hermon. And it's, it's very, very interesting that um, in that revelation of this mountain of Hermon and, uh, and of this location, uh, people say, well, we don't know really where, where Eden was. We think it's over, you know, by, by the, the Gulf of the Persian Gulf or, or in some of these other places. But, you know, the Bible does tell us where it was. The, the location is described. And, and so uh, we, we get into the thing of occupation with this revelation, uh, how that, that uh, there was these forces that, that got involved uh, uh, on the West Garden and how the, uh, they plotted uh, to try to get involved in the, um, you know, in the East Garden. Uh, probably because uh, just like Lucifer who wanted power over all the stars of heaven, they wanted power over all of the garden of God. Now, um, it's very, very interesting uh, when, we, when we look at, at, at that part of the revelation and we see that uh, uh, there is this revelation because then when we get into the, to, uh, the idea of, um, of the exodus, uh, tied into these ancient names like Gibal and and uh, and and Biblos, uh, and how that's located on the uh, the the coast of of uh, Mediterranean Sea, and then how that the way of Horus comes down into uh, you know uh, uh, the, the across the desert and comes uh, on down into uh, the area toward Canaan. Uh, which is all along that coast, and so that some of the ancient things that it describes here uh, are really, really important because of their uh, way, way back in time connection to some very ancient things uh, that had to do with the Garden of Eden, and and um, uh, and we know that you know the part of the of the uh, Garden of Eden that that went out into the Mediterranean. Uh, and that only Tyrus and Tyre are a little teeny bit of that that was left as a couple sort of island-like places. Uh, but the rest of those of those islands uh, all all went uh, sunk down, and and uh, and even those that that went all the way out into that ocean, uh, right close to the to the. Um, uh, the waterway uh, that flowed through the the uh, Gibraltar Straits, and uh, it's just extremely and, and awesomely very very interesting. And so, what do I want to to say that the point of his, and that is that there are forces and principalities who have different occupations. Their occupation plans are different than the occupation plans of God and of the Lord. And, and so, uh, but there are residues that are left on earth that have to do with those ancient connections. And these residues 
uh, are are still out there, and and they they are connecting uh, with the the way of Horus and all the meanings of of some of those things, which we're going to get into, and we've got a lot to cover, and and so we have to know uh, some of the meanings of these ancient cities and these ancient places, because if we don't know them, then we don't really know the the, the story. Now. I just want to make a really fast little thing here. I'm running out of time before we take this break. But it's like this, the term when Moses and, and the children of Israel uh, uh, went to this their first place of abode uh, uh, when they left uh, Ramesses. Uh, they went to a place called uh, Sakuth. And uh, now Sakuth, people say, well, that was a city or that was a, uh, you know, a stopping place, uh, uh, you know, maybe like a small little town or, or a place where there was water or they have all kinds of things. But basically, uh, that was a very special place that had some very special meanings. And uh, uh, people uh, don't realize that, uh, that, it, that the importance of of, of knowing about Sakuth wasn't as much about knowing it as a stopping place or or a city or something like that, but was the revelation of what that name really meant. Because, you know, they say that they can't even find there being such a place as Sakuth. And and if there is, then they they don't they don't know where that's at. Uh, but you know, it, it, it had a, a, a meaning that we will talk about as uh, soon as we come back from this break. Janet is going to play the organ. Thank you.
Thank you again, Janet Lee. Wow. Super, 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 thank you. <clears throat> okay, we're talking on Sakuth. And um, it, it, it's, it's just important. That's spelled S-U-C-C-O-T-H. And it has a meaning. And the meaning of that word is to block, to stop the approach, to shut off, to cover against. And it is pretty much surmised and supposed that what that word is talking about is finding a place that would make it difficult for the Egyptian army uh, to, to come upon them or to find them, to block their view, to block their capability to find, to, to stop their approach, uh, maybe due to the terrain, to shut off uh, their advantages, and to be under some kind of a cover, uh, making it difficult to be found. So this Sakuth, uh, you know, most likely was quite a bit different than just like someone would say, well, it was located 75 miles from the port of Suez or or it was uh, west of the modern Suez Canal, uh, or all the different directions and places that they think they might want to describe it. Uh, <clears throat> but the, the important thing was that the meaning, the meaning is very, very important. Now, uh, last week we talked about how the, the clothes of the children of Israel and the shoes lasted for 40 years and 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 how that 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 was not just accidental we talked about uh, the use of uh, iron and brass in the shoes um, and um, and uh, you know the 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 revelation and <clears throat> and the beauty of that and how that uh, you know uh, in Deuteronomy 33:25 it talks about the shoes of iron and brass. So I didn't give you that scripture last week, but I'm giving it to you now. Uh, and and it, 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 it's interesting to know that. But just before I get into that, let's finish this story about Sukkoth. Because then there's another uh, example in the, in the Bible where it talks about Sukkoth. Now, some people might say, well, that's the same place. Well, if it's just the interpretation of the word, uh, and the meaning, uh, you know, there might be some references uh, that have a cross line to them, but this seems to be uh, possibly a different location. But it was about the time later in history <clears throat> when um, Goliath was challenging the people of Israel. And then uh, there were two mountains and there was the valley of uh, of Elah, and uh, and between these two mountains, and the Philistine army uh, was on one side, and the armies of Israel was on the other side, and Goliath, who was over nine feet tall, uh, was challenging uh, there to be any man that could come forth and defeat him in war. 
but uh, you know there seemed to be no one making a move, and uh, but it's, this is another uh, you know sakuth, another use of the word sakuth, and it's interesting that you know that there was there was a need to to stop this giant, there was a need to block this giant. Uh, there was a need for there to be a Holy Spirit covering that would deliver uh, God's people uh, so that they could escape uh, from being in uh, this ridiculous situation in which uh, they were being made a mockery of. And then God's Holy Spirit moved on David, and David, of course, slew him, slew this not over nine-foot-tall giant Goliath. And uh, and um, that was a, a great, incredible victory. Well, it's interesting when we're talking about brass, and we're talking about these shoes and, and of iron and brass, that this big giant, uh, you know, uh, he he had a, a coat of mail um, uh, that um, uh, weighed five thousand brass shekels. And uh, and he carried a, a spear of that of iron uh, that weighed six hundred iron uh, shekels, and uh, so it's it's very very interesting. Um, the actually when you go into Strong's Concordance, you see that some of the terms that's used here with what the giant wore uh, changes the term into clothes. So here we have. Uh, an ancient time in which they were doing something with brass, making it, um, uh, you know, uh, to have an order that was quite surprising. People would never have expected out of brass. And there are lost arts, there are lost uh, secrets uh, that if we had the, the book of, uh, the lost book of wars, some of those would no doubt be described. Um, for instance, you know, um, brass is an alloy, and it's about 70% copper and 30% zinc, but it can be rolled into thin sheets, and it can even be spun. And uh, if you really get into to, to looking up in the concordance of Strong's Concordance, brass, you will find dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of scriptures about brass in the Bible, and how that in Samuel uh, 17.5, there was a helmet uh, made out of brass. And, uh, and then, of course, in 1 Samuel 17.5, the brass coat of mail, uh, it talks about that, that, that the, the, the giant uh, that I described to you, Goliath wore, and, and how that this was a kind of, of also clothing, uh, according to the terminology. So we see that brass had some sacred revelation to it because in Numbers 21.9, when people were being bitten of the serpents as described uh, in their journey across the wilderness and so forth, and m many people were dying from it, uh, God spoke to uh, Moses and said, okay, make uh, a, a pole with a serpent of brass upon it, and it will come to pass that, that whoever's been bitten by uh, a serpent, if they, can, they see this serpent of brass on the pole, that they will live and not die. So brass had some really separate 
and important sacred connections. Now, we believe that the Bible says when they just absolutely ran out of food, the people of Israel, the army ran out of food, that uh, God uh, caused the angels to feed them an intelligent food called manna. And we call it intelligent because this food would not replicate itself on the Sabbath. So it was, it was intelligently, uh, you know, uh, invoked uh, to do uh, its particular provision an exact way that only if it had been intelligently programmed could it do. And, and we, we believe that, that the manna, uh, you know, uh, was connected uh, as, as angel revelation. Uh, we know that angels used other animals uh, to, to come down and feed people. We know that the angels uh, uh, gave people food, that they could go in the strength of that food for 40 days and nights. And uh, now we see that there's clothing and shoes that lasted for 40 years. And obviously, uh, there was a manna effect or effect, maybe both effect and effect, that was involved there. Uh, and that the angels very likely may have become tailors for the army of and, and people that were on this uh, trip uh, of Israel uh, and, and produced for them some of these, this, these kind of clothes that, that could have been called artersian clothing. And they brought some of this artersian clothing that had some of this, this, uh, this uh, uh, threaded wine uh, of, uh, of brass uh, weave and, and uh, had the capability uh, by their eating of the manna uh, to properly maintain it so that they could wear this angelic clothing uh, and and it lasted for 40 years, and, and also the angelic shoes, that they were tailored by the angels, just like the food was tailored, and just like so many other uh, instances in the Bible, how that there was provisions, because, the, because God said to Moses, I will send the angels before you. And 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 in involved in that statement is that they will they will be there for the provisions they will be there for the needs they will be there for your protection they will be there for your guidance, and and it's just uh, you know it's it's totally beautiful. So that forty years in the wilderness, uh, your clothes are not waxed old uh, and, uh, upon you, or and your shoes are not waxed old upon your feet. Is in Deuteronomy thirty three twenty five. We talked about that last week, but we just want to you know sort of go back over some of these things. Now we're going to be talking about the sea people, and and the, because they were the mixed uh, uh, multitude that we told you that went out with Moses, uh, and they sort of did it as a as a disguise and as a camouflage, because the Egyptians would think that that was the the group, because you know they they all spoke Semitic uh, uh, language, and and they could easily pass for being uh, you know the the the. Um, um, people the people of Israel and um, and so they went out and when they got to Sukkoth you know they split and they they went toward the uh, a different place at the Red Sea where they would go on up the Red Sea to get to Nubia and Nubia is basically where the Nubians lived which are the Ethiopians now it's very very interesting 
that when I read you the scripture earlier about how that uh, it says that Moses was trained in all of the knowledge, all of the wisdom of the, the pharaohs, that that for sure, beyond a question of a doubt, uh, one of the big revelations would be uh, military. So Moses was a man of war. And, and when he even came the first time, practically uh, right around one of the first times to, to visit the Hebrew people, um, and uh, he, you know, he ended up uh, immediately killing a, 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 you know, one of the Egyptians that were standing in his way uh, uh, against something that he wanted to say. And of course, uh, uh, he didn't think anyone had saw that, but there were people that did see it. And then when he found that out, well, he, he fled because he knew that the, the Pharaoh's law would be after him. But the, the thing of it is, is that that is important, is that there is so much involved in those stories, uh, but but uh, uh, history tells us uh, that him knowing all that there is to know, and we can see in the Bible where where Egypt was involved with with, uh, with war uh, with the Nubians, and and uh, and sometimes uh, there's history tells us that the Nubians even came down one time and defeated the Egyptians, and for a short time uh, were in, uh, uh, in the kingship head of uh, of Egypt. Uh, so so there's a connection there. Well. Um, we told you about this deal, that w that when all of the cattle of of Egypt was was killed, and we'll we we'll hope to have time to give you scripture. I, I, I'm thinking that we're gonna I'm gonna have to go over time today because there's some things I just feel like I've got to tell, and I'm probably gonna have to go over time uh, in order to get these in because they, it, we, the, the jigsaw uh, puzzles don't fit if we leave too many uh, uh, jigs out. So, so um, when he um, um, made this deal with the, these people uh, to take the place of, of uh, the Israelites that would, would uh, go the way of Horus uh, and the way of the Mediterranean uh, to Canaan and some of the other cities uh, and who would be meeting up with him later, uh, being Moses and the army, um, uh, they, they took, as the Bible declares, a mixed multitude which included all these sea people and uh, and these high coast people, and um, uh, they made a deal with them to to uh, uh, to to take ships and meet to take ships and meet uh, uh, you know at uh, uh, at a place uh, or to go to a place where they met and got on these ships uh, with their cattle and sold those their cattle to the Nubians for gold uh, so that they could go on up to India on the Red Sea. Uh, and uh, we talked about how that uh, uh, Alexander the Great uh, had a naval uh, force that went and used the Red Sea, and, there, and there's many, many other, uh, you know, uh, uh, powerful nations that used the Red Sea, and, and it's, 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 it's quite a thing. And we believe that the, um, it can be shown that the Egyptians shipped cattle and spices on the Red Sea. And, uh, and there was domestic uh, uh, import of animals that, uh, that uh, was involved the Red Sea. So uh, there's things we need to know uh, about that, and we'll, we'll come back to that more. Uh, we talked about 
how the, the you know there was to be um, a clean trail that was left. Uh, we we read scriptures showing that this was the plan of the Passover and the and the plan that God had revealed to Moses, and and it was things that. Uh, going you know way back uh, that God had revealed so we we we, we saw that in um, you know that uh, uh, in in uh, uh, Exodus 1 6 through 12 uh, where um, uh, it talked about um, and Joseph died and all the brethren and all the generations and the children of Israel were fruitful increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty and the land was filled with them and there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. Now, that is a very important note because uh, this change of, of kingship, this change of Pharaoh, uh, is, is what ended up bringing this particular Ramsey that was uh, such a hard case uh, to deal with. But before that, <clears throat> the Pharaoh, the king that had been in charge, uh, took uh, uh, Joseph in and as a friend and made him second in command. <clears throat> and a lot of people don't really know the scripture to realize that the scripture itself says that Joseph was a father, was a father to that Pharaoh. And because he was a Semitic-speaking Pharaoh, and and he was part of these, uh, you know, uh, sea people, high coast people uh, that had come and settled in Lower Egypt, and uh, we're going to talk quite a bit about that because that's very very important as to what the the whole settlement plan and the occupation plan of God was, uh, and the ultimate deliverance of Moses and the children of Israel out of uh, of Egypt, and. Um, so we see that that there was a change of occupation that happened, a change of who was in charge of 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 Lower Egypt now, and it, it, this this Pharaoh who was in charge of Upper Egypt also became in charge of Lower Egypt, and and when the Bible says, as I read to you, uh, uh, which knew not Joseph. It also means that he did not know the children of Israel, because if if he wouldn't have known uh, Joseph, for sure he would have not known about the children of Israel. And that basically is saying that he was they were not familiar with their language, they weren't interested in their history, uh, they weren't connected to what their kind of God belief was, to their kind of destiny was. Uh, they were of a different order. And, and, uh, and so this is a really big change of occupation that happened. And, and it was all for a plan, just like when uh, Joseph said to his brothers, he said, now I know you're afraid. You think now that our father Jacob is dead that I'm going to now go ahead and punish you for what you did to me by putting me in a pit and selling me to the Midians. But he says, I'm not. He said, actually, it was a plan of God and you know I had those dreams about how that I was going to be in this elevated place and 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 
there was stars and the moon and 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 they were bowing down to me. Well, he said that's this government, uh, government ship, this this second in command to the Pharaoh uh, job. So he said that was all uh, revealed by dreams. That was all part of the plan. It was part of the prophecy. And so he said it was it was ultimately for good that I had to go through that to become uh, that position. And and so he said, you know, this is the same thing. You're here for a purpose uh, to be able to ha have have food during a time of world famine, and uh, and it's to save the, your lives and the lives of of the children of of, of Israel, and and it's it's a, it's a time of occupation of of survival, occupation of being saved. So this thing of occupation is so important. Important. Well, we talked about how that uh, uh, you know that they. They were to leave a, a clean trail when they left. And uh, we, we gave you, uh, you know, scriptures uh, for that uh, so that, uh, you know, you could have support. Uh, we, we showed how that um, in, in uh, chapter 12, uh, verse uh, 5 uh, through 11, uh, how that when you had the took the lamb of the Passover, uh, that you had to eat it all. You couldn't leave any not any food not left, and anything that you couldn't eat, uh, you you uh, you know that remained till morning. You had to burn with fire, and and uh, and we showed that that uh, there was a plan, a plan of burning things, so that that there there was there was only ashes left, and how that there were people that were assigned to follow behind the armies and pick up any kind of trash or debris and and to collect that and then 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 burn it and bury it uh bury the ashes so we 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 gave you scriptures for that that's that was an awesome thing we gave you scriptures on the uh, now some more on on the clothes uh that that is absolutely an awesome thing we showed you how that in numbers 1 1 through 19 that the sons and the fathers 20 years and old uh represented uh, uh, being the the soldiers who who were in place of the families of the tribes of Israel, and and this is really really big because if you don't get this part of the revelation, uh, then you don't really have scriptures to, to support the 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 separation of these two groups, uh, the one that that went one direction, and the other part of Israel that went an opposite direction, and. And and, uh, and you know and, and I don't know there would be people that say oh there's scripture that makes it very clear that they did not separate uh, for instance uh, there's going to be people that talk about the congregation and how that the congregation was together well I'm going to show you scriptures today Lord willing uh, if I possibly could have the time how that uh, that that revelation about the congregation is totally different than what people have any idea of. And how important this thing of the of the separation uh, really is uh, uh, to 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 understand, you know, and and it it just is 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 extremely very very important. Now, um, we um, uh, we when we 
we pick up here again, and we're, we're, uh, we, I've read to you this uh, Revelations 12:5, uh, uh, and and uh, and how that that connects to to the Lamb and the Passover, and then if you you go into uh, Exodus 12:37, it talks about and the children of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Succoth. About 600,000 on foot that were men besides children, and a mixed multitude went up also with them, and flocks and herds, even very much cattle. So uh, it is very, very important uh, to see these scriptures and to get that down. And, and, uh, and then you, you look at words like, like the word from Ramesses. And people talk about the land of Ramesses, but they don't really know what that means. Just like the word Sakuth, they didn't really know what that meant. They can only think of it being a physical place, but it's much more than a physical place. It, 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 it incorporates uh, the occupation of a divine mean, meaning. And you've got to know these meanings because it's all part of the Akava of the Akavah revelation, which is the solution of riddles. And so, like we will get into after a while, uh, the revelation of what the name, uh, you know, um, Ramses really means. And, and, and how that God could speak to someone and say, say uh, you are a Ramses, or could speak to someone and say, go, go to the land of Ramses. But those two things that would be spoken would only be the surface meaning of, of what the reality was, because the reality wouldn't be necessarily the place or necessarily the personification, but it would be the meaning of the word Ramses. And to get to the meaning of the word Ramses, you have to take off the prefix raw. Because that word raw tells a whole story about their religious belief and about how that raw has an interchange of being raw or ray, R-E or R, you know, and, and, and all of the meanings of that, which I hope, hope, hope to get into here. Uh, I hope we can get into it today, but we'll see. Um, and uh, so, so now we've got this, this mixed multitude, and we, they're going to get on a get on ships because you know they're 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 mixed between the sea people and the high coasts and other kinds of people and the sea people had all kinds of shipping on the Mediterranean they came they came uh they came from the Lebanon area like this Gibol the Gibol and and Biblis. Uh, they came from those areas on up and moved into the lower Egypt and they were they were seafaring people, so so there was a connection to ships, and and they would pl have plotted this, and 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 taken these ships under under a banner like they would they they could say we're we're shipping to Nubia and fl and and fly Nubian flags and and pass right uh, through the watch uh, towers of the Egyptians, no problem. And then have these ships where they could uh, get their cattle on, take their cattle on up to, to, uh, to Nubia, uh, collect gold, and then go on up uh, to, um, to India uh, uh, for a plan. Now, during that whole thing, we want to eventually show you how that when... Uh, when Moses led the Egyptian army up to, to Nubia at one time and warred with them 
and defeated them that he met the sister of a uh, of of a of a queen uh who was an ethiopian and and that he made a deal w- with uh, the this mixed multitude that when they uh, went up there and and traded their cattle with them uh that they would bring this particular ethiopian uh back to him to to be his wife and and this ends up being the ethiopian uh gal that that um uh that uh, moses marries now uh then his sister miriam and his brother aaron were just absolutely angry when he married uh this this uh, uh dark-skinned uh ethiopian uh but praise be to god how that god moves by his spirit and and this this ethiopian no doubt was just you know a precious woman of god and she was destined uh you know uh for for uh, Moses no doubt and and uh, so when uh, Miriam and Aaron began to just almost blaspheme Moses for having married this uh, Ethiopian because it seemed to break uh, the covenant or the plan uh what happened the lord himself came down and appeared before Moses and before his sister and brother and rebuked Miriam and rebuked Aaron and actually uh put leprosy on them uh and was ready to no doubt do some very drastic things to them because of the attitude that they took but you know Moses praying for them and loving them not wanting anything to happen uh got them to to be uh, uh pardoned by by the Lord but the Lord took the time to come down and say don't you dare make a charge against against oh, 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 uh Moses and his Ethiopian wife that's all part of my plan don't you dare make a charge and I'm going to show you what you just did to yourself and then they ended up both with leprosy now don't you know that they changed their attitude once they got through that so there's a whole story it's beautiful and it's destiny and it's romantic and it's bold and it's full of adventure and there is so much to be told in this escape from exodus it's is story upon story is story of miracles special kind of clothing special kind of of things that was revealed in the in the lost book of the wars which blessed be the name of god i hope to be able to restore that I hope to be able to restore that. We we told then in addition to the burnings how that in Deuteronomy 23:13 uh, they were told to put a panel on their weapon and to to bury any any uh uh any kind of personal uh uh debris uh and and uh they were they were just big into not leaving any debris uh to to cleaning up everything and 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 to make it so that um uh they would not be a- anyone able to see what direction they went or have any uh uh debris story that archaeologists would later be able to find And then we talked in Exodus 17:14 how that that God uh, taught that memories would be erased. 
and uh, and so it's, it's just so Im important. Now we also showed how that although um, that uh, that uh, uh, not a part of Egypt proper, um, uh, the the Sinai stayed under Egyptian control throughout antiquity. Uh, that there was a large part uh, that that Egypt did own, but there was an even greater part that was under their control that they did not own, but they did they was under their control. And so when Moses and and his people uh, left Egypt, they had to get beyond those areas of control, uh, you know. And so that was going that was quite a plan and quite a, a trip of uh, this this uh, sakuth of being able to stop the observations, to, to make a plan to find a covering, to make a plan uh, to, to get away from, from the armies uh, of, um, uh, of Egypt. And Moses, of course, he was a trained military man, and he knew all these military advantages. And, and so that's why he could train the Israelites uh, to be an army, because he was a top trained, he had all of the tactician knowledge, all of the military knowledge, uh, uh, and, and the Bible makes that really, really, really clear. Okay, so, so uh, there, there's these, these scriptures, you know, uh, of the polls that were taken from 20 years old and, and up, and, and how that uh, there was over 600,000 of these men and um, and and that they uh, went to Sakuth and they encamped uh, uh, at the on the edge of the wilderness. Uh, this this is so very important as we begin to to see and get into all, all of those uh, those revelations. Uh, and then we get into this word according, like uh, numbers fifteen and twelve, according to the number that you shall prepare. So shall you do everyone according to their meat and drink offering, and according to the names and the numbers of the people of the tribes, and according also to the Urim and Thummim. So there was all of these according rules that had jurisdiction uh, as to the 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 information uh, directives. Uh, that they were to follow so they could properly apply to the uh, occupational uh, plan of God uh, for their escape. And uh, it, it is just, uh, you know, so important for that to be known. Now, we get into this thing about the con congregation, you know. Um, and and uh, so let's... Um, Let's just uh, take a look here, if you would, with with me, to um, uh, <clears throat> to Exodus twelve three. Now, in Exodus twelve three, um, here here is here is what it says: Speak ye to unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of the month. They shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb uh, for a house. Okay. Now, um, it's very important. You will find that there will be places here where it will talk about the congregation, the whole congregation, all the congregation, doing a particular place. But when you really read it carefully, 
you end up finding that generally it's only one man that actually goes out and takes the lamb, uh, slays it, and and uh, dresses it to go up on the lamppost, the, the blood of it on the lamppost. And, and that's, but that, that's not done by the whole congregation. You couldn't get all the hands of the whole congregation on the lamb. Or, or, or you couldn't even, uh, you know, possibly do the job if the whole congregation was involved. And yet, when the Bible says the whole congregation did this, did that, you have to understand it's the whole congregation as represented. And if you miss that, then you miss the whole revelation of this escape from, from, from uh, uh, Egypt. Because you're saying, well, this says the congregation. And you don't realize that, yeah, it's the congregation as represented. And if you don't uh, really get that clear, then you start quoting something to be different than it really ever was. And, and so uh, then in, um, uh, in verse 6 of chapter 12 of Exodus, And you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. So kill it. <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, um, there, there is no way that that can possibly happen. And uh, just walk outside. And, and, and so we need to understand that as we look into this whole story and how that, that we, cannot, uh, we cannot in any way uh, uh, miss these points because the whole congregation could not possibly in any way have been involved except as they were represented. Okay? Uh, all right. So um, uh, the Bible then explains in Exodus 16.22 that the congregation had rulers. And so that there were rulers of the congregation. So sometimes a ruler of the congregation would be the one that would, would do a certain thing uh, representing the congregation. All right? Now um, uh, we want to we 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 want to read some more very important scriptures on this because um, <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome some of the things this this says. Uh, let's go to Numbers uh, chapter three, and we'll look at Numbers three seven. Now, as we get into Numbers uh, three seven here in just a minute. Uh, We'll see what it says, and uh, it'll be very interesting. Okay, here we go. Numbers 3-7. All right. Now, keep in mind that um, these scriptures are very helpful and very real for telling us the real truth. It it's right there. It's right there in the scripture, and the scripture uh, is is not is not a lie. And they shall keep his charge and the charge of the whole congregation before the tabernacle of the congregation to do the service of the tabernacle. So we we see that there's a charge that is involved, and we see that there there is a service of the tabernacle that is involved. And they shall keep all the instruments of the tabernacle of the congregation and the charge of the children of Israel to do the service of the tabernacle. And then um, uh, if uh, we look uh, 
uh, from um, like places where it talks about in um, Exodus 17:1, all the congregation of Israel journeyed from Edom to the wilderness. Now people would say, well, see, that's it right there. That, that settles it. It says the whole congregation, but actually it does not. And uh, if, you, if you miss that, if you don't get that down, you will miss being able to know the truth when you hear it. You will just not be able to know the truth when you hear it because you will not have the truth as God wants you to have the truth. Okay? So, so it's very, very important. Uh, 17.1, And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness uh, of, of, of sin um, uh, after their journeys according to the commandment uh, of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people. And when people read this, say, ah, see, that settles it. That, that shows that, that all the congregation, uh, that th they were there and they were not separated. But before we are through, whether it be today or whether it be next week, I will show you the absolute uh, scriptures that, that set that off and make it extremely clear of what the real meaning is and what the real meaning is not. And it is it is so important, uh, you know, to get this down. Uh, I I think that the congregation thing is so big that we 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 will come back to that because there's some other things I want to make sure we get thrown in. And uh, for instance, I wanted to mention the word Ram Ramesses. Um, the word R Ra uh, means bore him, um, uh, and. Um, that is very, very, very important uh, because of, of uh, what uh, God is revealing uh, to his people uh, about, about these names. Because like, like uh, Joseph was the father to this Pharaoh, that the Pharaoh made him second in command. And, and then he was, was involved with a priest of On, uh, O-N, uh, who had a daughter that he has married Joseph, and 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 they give Joseph a new name, and this new name actually means a man whose God knows mysteries. And it's so beautiful when you know these revelations of what these names mean, because it solves, and it solves it solves. The, the solutions. Now, in Strong's Concordance, um, the Hebrew Concordance number 7486, if you look up the word Ramses, and you'll, you'll find interesting uh, in, uh, spelling on some of these. Sometimes I'll take the R-A and separate it from the A-M-S-E-S -E a little bit. But what it means, when you look this right up in the Strong's Concordance, Raw created him. Now we see Ramesses meaning something different than just a city. Than just it can be that, but it can be a personification. It can be a person, and it can be about Raw. 
who represents the sun god, created the person. Now, some people say, oh, the sun god, oh, that just gets into mythology and gets into paganism. Uh, hey, watch what you're saying and what you're thinking. Because a big part of the words of the Bible that you use, like Elohim, and some of the, and L, E-L, those words came from the pagan side of humanity. And those words then were brought into the, the Hebrew uh, during the time of their Babylonian captivity, for one thing. And God went ahead because there's a lot of people out there that know things that are um, they're, they're in the glass darkly. They're in the glass darkly. And there's people in the world that use those things. But that does not mean, that does not mean that those things did not originally come from God. And we mustn't miss that. In any way, it appears that I'm over time and I've run out of time and <laughs> I haven't begun to really get into my message. We'll just have to pick it up and roll into it next week. There is so much and it's so beautiful. So much. As I close, I'll say this about Upper and Lower Egypt. They wore different kinds of crowns, the pharaohs did. The white crown was representing a pharaoh of Upper Egypt. The red crown represented the kingship of the Lower Egypt. And the double crown represented the kingship, the pharaohship of both Lower Egypt and Upper Egypt. There is so much to be known that is so interesting. God bless you and keep you. Janet at the organ.